0: Welcome to the Stop Dieting Podcast, hosted by best-selling, award-winning, author, and renowned weight loss expert, David Medansky. If you struggle to lose weight, or you've lost weight and gained it back, you'll want to listen each week. Each week, you will learn tips for healthy weight loss without going on a diet, without having to follow an exercise program, without counting calories, or having to purchase special meals or products. The Stop Dieting Podcast is more than just about healthy and sustainable weight loss. You will also learn how you can have more energy, feel better, get rid of brain fog, and improve your overall health. Stay tuned for another informative and insightful episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends.
1: Hi, this is David Medansky. Welcome to another episode of Stop Dieting. Today we have a very special guest, Abby Hegney. (laughs) Did I pronounce it right?
2: You did, yes, Hegney.
1: (laughs) Oh, great. Well, Abby, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience knows who you are?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, David. I'm excited to be here and to chat with you. I'm Abby Hegney and I am a health and mindset coach. So I really help women get away from all of the shoulds out there and to really create healthy habits that work for them and their lifestyles so that they can live their healthiest, most confident life.
1: Excellent. Now, most of us all know what to do. However, most of us don't do it. Do you have any explanation for why that is?
2: Yeah, you know, what I find with my clients is, There's so much information out there, right? There's every which way diet that's going to tell you to do this. And then the next diet tells you to do the opposite of that. And what I find is that they're just overwhelmed with a lot of the stuff out there that they don't even know where to start. And when they're overwhelmed and don't know where to start, they don't start. So I really just try to boil it down for them. Like you said, we all know what to do. Those things are pretty basic, right? Eat nutritious foods. The majority of our diet, nutritious foods. I don't think you have to give up, you know, some of your favorites or not eat the cake at the birthday party or anything like that, but you need to eat the majority of your diet, healthy, nutritious foods. The easiest way I think about that is eating the rainbow, right? I'm sure. A lot of your audience has heard that, filling your plate with color and then balancing it out with the the proper nutrients and moving your body and moving your body in a way that you enjoy. I think, you know, again, we can think that we have to go out for a run or we have to do this certain workout or we have to push ourselves really hard. And that's not always the case, you know, getting out for a walk. And, you know, I'm a mom of two little ones. Sometimes all I can fit in is a walk with them while they're riding their bike. And so really just paring down that overwhelm to allow them to look at what can I do and what can I do today? Because today may be different than yesterday, and it may be different from tomorrow, but just allowing them to see that the littlest steps are really, it is what's going to add up to those big gains that they want.
1: Exactly. Little steps done consistently for a long period of time will get you the most results.
2: Little by little equals a lot, right?
1: Yeah. And what I noticed in doing research for some of the books I've written is that the average person will attempt 126 different diets during their lifetime. So it's the weight loss and in diet industries that have the philosophy of try until you die attitude.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And what happens is a lot of the times we're doing all of the things without understanding why we're doing it for ourselves personally, and what keeps us going versus what causes us to give up. Like a lot of what I see, you know, when I first start working with people, we always have an initial consultation where I learn about them and what they want. And I always ask them, like, what have you tried? And to your point, they list off all of these diets that they've tried. And then it's like, okay, well, what worked about those things. And what I tend to find is that they work until they don't think it's working anymore. And then they give up on it, right? And that's where that sustainability piece comes in. So when I work with them, I really help them to believe in every step that they're taking and that every step is working. You know, we get away from that all or nothing mentality. And I like to think of it as like all in on your commitment to be healthier. So that way, when you hit those days where it doesn't feel like it's working or it just feels harder, you're not giving up and then going to the next diet, right? You're just going to think about what can I do today? What is not working for me today that I can do differently tomorrow, but you're not giving up on yourself. You are committed to a healthier lifestyle, that healthier lifestyle that you want for the reasons that you want it, Because again, that's gonna be different for everybody too.
1: Yeah, I agree with you that it's lifestyle as opposed to diet and people get confused because there's a difference between going on a diet and being on a diet or changing your diet. So what I usually tell people is if you wanna be healthier and lose weight, never go on a diet, instead change your diet.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: A lot of people, you know, like you said, there's a lot of confusion out there, especially on Amazon right now. There's over 50,000 books on weight loss, health and nutrition, magazine articles at the grocery store checkout. And like you said, one expert will tell you one thing. Another expert will tell you just the opposite. And a third expert will say the first two are both wrong. So as you mentioned, who or what do you believe and act on? How did you get into the health and wellness?
2: Yeah, I would say similarly to how I work with my clients, it was little by little kind of led me here. I did not grow up with a great relationship with food. I've always been a littler person in terms of a shorter frame, a smaller body. I was in gymnastics when I was little, and my coach said to me one day, Be careful about gaining weight because gymnasts need to be small. And I, just took that, and that comment just stuck with me for a very long time. And I was very careful about the things that I ate, and I did all of the diety stuff, right? I, you know, this was in the nineties, the early two thousands. It was no carbs, it was no fat, it was all of the things. I ran a lot, but I ran to burn off anything that I ate. It was just a very unhealthy relationship with food and with movement but i didn't even realize that it was unhealthy i thought i was a healthy person i thought i was doing all of the things that i should be doing i was not gaining the weight and then i became pregnant with my son who's now 8 and i remember thinking like i have to gain weight or i will gain weight now and that comment scared me on two fronts one being I had lived for 20 years trying to not gain weight and I wanted to gain weight because I wanted to have a healthy pregnancy. I wanted to have a healthy baby. And I realized that it had to change. Like I had to change what I had always thought and what I had always known. And then as I went through my pregnancy, it was a battle, but it was a mental battle. And I think that's where A lot of us, especially women who are very hard on ourselves often, that was the hardest thing for me to change. And I don't think that we need to be positive all of the time. I am naturally a positive person, but that doesn't prevent me from feeling the negative things and understanding the negative things. It's not sweeping it under the rug. And putting a positive thought on it. It's really changing the way that you see your thoughts and being able to question them. And so as I learned to do this a little bit more, it kind of brought me closer and closer to where I want it to be. And then I came across health coaching and I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. I was like, wait a minute, there's somebody out there Who, you know, is not a dietitian, because I personally didn't feel like I needed a dietitian, right? Like I knew the things that I needed to do. I needed more of the mindset change and that lifestyle change. And so as I explored health coaching a little bit more, it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. I was like, this is what I meant to do. And I had a career in global account management. I was, you know flying all over the world and working with my partners in all different countries and loved it until I realized that this was an option for me. When I realized how much it really helps, you know, again, I'm speaking to women because that's who I work with, but it helps men of course as well. But when I realized the impact that it really has on somebody to have somebody there to question, like what's really, coming up for you what's really important to you what is it that you really want to be doing and why would you want to give up when this thing that you want is right here i just found it to be so impactful i haven't looked back
1: (laughs) that's terrific i i can relate to what you're saying Uh, i had my own weight loss journey so i understand that because of a health scare uh, where the doctor told me based on my lab results and being significantly overweight i had a 95% chance for a fatal heart attack. So I had no choice and that was at age 61. And I'm 67 now and just uh, last June, I hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. So I was real happy about that.
2: I mean, kudos to you for getting that feedback and taking action on it. Cause you know, again, some people would be like, well, it's too late, I'm this far along, it's hopeless or whatever. And then to completely turn it around and then do something so amazing as to hike that. like That's incredible.
1: Thank you. And and, and that was one of the things is my doctor told me, he says, you got two options, lose weight or find a new doctor because you're not gonna die on my watch. And he strongly encouraged me to find a new doctor because he'd been after me for eight years to lose the weight and I never did anything. Like most people have procrastinated, wait till Monday, after the holidays, after vacation, you know, whatever excuse I can come up with like most people do. The other thing I I can relate to that you mentioned is that with weight and a lot of times people make their New Year's resolution to go to the gym, eat healthier and lose weight. And after about two or three weeks, the scale's not moving and they're getting frustrated. So they stop because it's not working. And again, they're not giving it enough time. The other thing is, They're going and they're replacing the fat with muscle. And as you and I both know, muscle is denser than fat and takes up less room because five pounds of fat is the same as five pounds of muscle as far as weight. So I had a client that that happened to after three weeks. They were not seeing results. And I finally asked him, I said, are you exercising more? He goes, yeah, I'm walking five miles a day and riding my bike. And I said, well, how do your clothes fit? He goes, oh, they're loose. In fact, people are asking me if I'm losing weight. He says but the scale's not moving i said don't go by the scale go by how your clothes fit so i know a lot of women that you know i have clients too and I, I tell them don't worry about the scale tell me about your clothes
2: yeah and we tap into how do they feel a lot you know and it's those to your point it's those non-scale victories that are so telling because the scale if you're doing it right is not going to move as quickly as you want it to move, right? That sustainable weight loss takes time, but that means you're doing it in a way that works for you. That doesn't feel like you're depriving yourself or, you know, you have to cut out all of these things, but looking for those non-scale victories, like, you know, again, for some of my clients is Are you able to keep up with your kids? Are you able to get up in the morning with energy? Are you able to get through the day with energy? How are you feeling? Are you feeling, you know, even the slightest bit more confident when you put on a pair of jeans or go out and wear that dress or whatever it is, you know, looking for those little wins again, it's that little by little again, right? You focus on these little things and be like, oh yeah, you're right. So I always tell them like, if you want to weigh yourself and you can get on that scale and not go down that negative spiral by all means, go ahead. Like use it as a data point if that helps you. But if at any point it takes you down that negative path, it's just not worth it because it's not telling whole story right and i say that about food too if any food makes you feel guilty mentally or physically it's probably not the food for you
1: and if you don't like the taste of the food because for example brussels sprouts or kale i don't like it i just tell people don't eat it right because you're not going to enjoy it
2: you can tell me to eat all the broccoli in the world to be healthy and i'm going to tell you i'm not going to do it because broccoli just upsets my stomach so yes, it's an amazingly powerful food for me small amounts of it
1: (laughs) yeah and talking about small amounts a lot of people don't realize our, our portions have been supersized because in the 1900s the average dinner plate was nine inches in diameter today it's 12 and in restaurants it's 13 to 15 inches yet in europe it's still nine inches so usually what i advocate to my clients is use a salad plate instead of a dinner size plate.
2: Yeah, it can be
1: so helpful to people
2: and slowing down. And I think, you know, paying attention to what's happening around you. So often we use food to um, make us feel a certain way, but when we pay attention to who we're having dinner with, you know, the conversations that are actually taking place, We get that fulfillment off of our plates. We don't have to find it in the foods, and whether that's dinner or you know throughout your day. You know, a lot of my clients also are busy moms, and they don't have time. uh, They don't have a lot of time for themselves, right? Like I always say, if your kid had a surprise soccer game, you probably find that time to get him to the soccer game, right? So, like, I really truly believe that we can find the time if it's really important to us. But on the days where maybe it's not panning out, how can you find that fulfillment in your day that makes you at the end of the day feel like, wow, well, I feel really good. I feel like even though I didn't have time for myself, I'm fulfilled. I didn't you know, turn to the ice cream or turn to this to get that. You're really looking at how can I fuel myself on my plate with the things that make me feel good and give me the energy, but off of your plate as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with you because you use the word fuel and people don't look at food as fuel for our bodies because our bodies are incredible machines and yet they'll treat their automobiles better than they treat themselves. They don't take care of give it the right fuel. So, and I also agree with you. It's not so much about the weight as it is the health improvements. That's what I usually ask people. Would you like more energy, feel better, have better mental clarity, especially for executives and busy professionals who I work with. They need that you know mental clarity, more energy. And as you said, just getting down with the kids or grandkids and being physically active. I know Rebo Wilson lost 77 pounds in one year simply by walking an hour each day. And Mindy Kalis lost weight. And what she did is when she had a 10 minute break, instead of being on social media or texting a friend, She go for a 10 or 15 minute walk well if you do that four or five times a day you break it up so you're getting 40 or 50 or 60 minutes in instead of one hour at a time so a lot of busy moms could do that too
2: yeah and that's the thing you need about half an hour a day of moderate movement like again we don't even need to go that high intensity you know if you like to run or you like to you know do whatever sort of workout that works for you that's fine But moderate walking, that's amazing for you. And you can break that 30 minutes down into 10-minute blocks. You know, it is recommended you get 10 minutes at a time as much as you can. But some days, you know, if you have to take an extra lap around your office building, like there's ways that you can do it that work for you, that work for your lifestyle. You just have to seek it out. You have to be willing to seek it out and to make that a priority. To those points i mean it doesn't take a lot there's a lot of things that are undervalued such as walking and doing something instead of picking up your phone and scrolling social media like those things are created to suck your time and that's exactly what they're doing
1: <laughs> exactly and mark david wrote the slow down diet book mm-hmm. and what he advocates in there is if you take five minutes for breakfast give yourself ten and at a minimum give yourself a half an hour for lunch and a half an hour for dinner. Yeah. And some people don't eat lunch and some people don't eat breakfast. It, it all depends. Yeah, The whole idea is just take some time Yeah, and and enjoy the food. So a lot of us do what we, I call mindless eating. We're, yeah. we're eating at our desk and we look and the sandwich is gone or people watching TV, the bag of chips or bag of cookies is gone. It's like, well, where did it go? Well, you were focusing so much on the TV, you weren't focusing on what you're putting into your mouth.
2: Yeah, and that's where, you know, just getting a bowl out of the cabinet and plating your snacks, you know, putting the chips in a bowl. And then that way, it's not to say that you may not go back and have more, but you got to think a little bit more about it. And, you know, if you're sitting on the couch watching a movie, you might be like, I don't want to miss anything. So I'm not going to go back and have it. But there's little things that you can do to just be more mindful of it. And I think bringing that into it can really change so much for people and make it So much easier right like we just it's again breaking down that overwhelm and just focusing on one thing just one thing that you can do today
1: that's awesome do you advocate for using declarations or affirmations to your clients
2: we tap into a lot of mindset and what thoughts they're having i like them to become aware of The most common thoughts that they have, which a lot of the times are negative, and then reframing them. I do think, in terms of affirmations, I think they can be so powerful. I believe that you have to believe that, that you can't just say something that's like throwing it out out there and you don't believe that that's even possible. I really think that you have to come up with something that feels believable to you that day, right? Or that moment otherwise it's going to feel like wishful thinking. And that's a big part. You know, one of the first things I do with my clients, I mean, even before we start working together is working on their belief that it's possible for them, that even if they've tried all of those diets, like we talked about before, that it's still possible for them. And then to find that, you know, some days that affirmation may simply be, I have a, capable body right? and you can use that to then get up and take your walk or you know maybe it's i woke up today or i have a body like these little things can change a negative thought to a neutral thought and that can be just as powerful as i've got this or, you
1: know. oh absolutely i know i'm doing research for the books as i mentioned i learned that 80 percent of our thoughts are negative And just imagine if we turned that around and made 80% of our thoughts positive, how powerful that would be.
2: Yeah, and you have like, what, 70,000 thoughts a day or something like
1: that? Yeah, between 70 and 90,000 thoughts a day.
2: So that's a lot of negative thoughts.
1: (laughs) And 90% of them are repeated the next day.
2: So crazy. So it
1: it is, like you said, crazy. The other thing out there with the national brands, they're always advocating and you lose 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds your first month guaranteed. Yeah, Yeah, you you may lose that much weight. However, it's not healthy. And number two, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So usually what I ask people is, would you like to weigh 24 to 48 pounds lighter by this time next year? And most people say, well, yeah, if they need to lose the weight.
2: Yeah.
1: And so I usually ask, can you lose two to four pounds per month, not a week, per month. And a lot of people are like, well, yeah, that's doable. Okay, if you do it on average, because some months you'll lose some weight, some you won't lose any. You know, can you do it for 12 consecutive months? And if you do, a year from now, you're 24 to 48 pounds lighter. The problem I run into, and maybe you have too, is that people want the immediate results because they see other people getting those quick results. And as you and I both know, 90% of people who lose weight on a diet regain it within a year, some gain even more. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: yeah i mean i am with you i think anything that has a time stamped guarantee on it is very much a red flag and i say that simply because we are all made up differently our bodies are completely different and nobody knows how your body's going to respond to something and to say that caveat of you can lose 30 pounds in a month or you know whatever i mean that's an extreme example it may not be possible for you because you may do everything that they're telling you to do and it just doesn't work or you have incredibly low energy. And to your point, that's not sustainable. So there is a lot of marketing out there and we do live in a world of instant gratification. Yeah, I mean, even if you send a text to somebody, you want them to respond right away and then you have to remind yourself, well, they've got a life. They might be at work. They might be with their kids but we want things to happen right away. And it's just not the healthiest way to do things. And if you think about your body works for you every day, it works so hard to keep you healthy and to, you know, keep you from getting sick and to keep functioning and paying attention to everything that's coming your way. We have to allow that body to have the time that it needs.
1: Yeah. One of the uh, stories i Right about in my book, Break the Chains of Dieting, is the pot roast story. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. No. Very quickly, a lady is hosting a dinner party and she makes a pot roast. And one of the guests says, this is delicious. Can I get the recipe? And the host says, of course. So she writes it down. And the guest looks it over and says, why do you cut the ends of the pot roast off? And the host says, I don't know. That's how my mom taught me. So the host calls her mom the next day and says, mom, why do we cut the ends of the pot roast off before we cook it? And her mom says, I don't know, that's how your grandmother taught me, call your grandmother. So she calls her grandmother. and Grandmother thinks for a minute and says, oh, when I was first married, the pot I had was too small, so I had to cut the ends of the pot roast off to make it fit. So a lot of times we eat a certain way or certain things because that's how we were taught as opposed to questioning why am I eating this or why am I doing this a certain way? And so I find that very powerful.
2: Yeah. And I think that's so true when, especially in the world of social media, but even when you take social media out of it, your best friend could be doing a certain exercise and eating a certain way. And you look at her or him and it's like, I'm going to do exactly what they're doing and I'm going to lose that weight or I'm going to look like that. And then you do it and you don't see the change or, You don't end up looking the way they do or feeling as energized that they do, or you can't keep up with it. It just doesn't work for you. And to really have somebody there that can help you to realize what is working and what's not working can be so beneficial. It's like clearing out the sludge in your brain of like, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not, we're not supposed to be doing anything except for what really feels good for us and distinguishing what feels good to our bodies versus what we think feels good, right? Cause a lot of people will be like, well, eating that sleeve of cookies feels really good. <laughs> but when you really break it down or they start eating a different way, they realize how bad that actually made them feel that they can have one cookie and feel so much better. They don't need the whole sleeve of them. And maybe they don't even want that cookie every day because when you start eating healthier foods, you tend to want more healthier foods, but you got to give it the time.
1: Exactly. I had a client that she stopped drinking Coke and sodas, and after six months, she was craving one, so she went through the McDonald's drive-thru and got a was soda, and she said it tasted bad, so she didn't like it. So then she went to the Quick Mart and got a, a can of soda and thought because the McDonald's was bad soda, so she tried it. And she said, that tasted bad. And then she realized it wasn't the soda. It was her taste buds that had changed and she no longer enjoyed it. So that that's one thing, like you mentioned, you start craving the healthier stuff and not the, you know, stuff that's bad for you. And as you know, with women, they're different than men. And a lot of times it could be something with their hormones or their thyroid or or other issues. And, And you're right. You shouldn't compare yourself to someone else because you can get different results. We have different body chemistry, different blood types, different metabolism, and we have different preferences. As you know, some people like meat, some don't. Some like fish, some don't. Some like dairy, some don't. So you have to find that balance of what you like that's healthy for you. And what one person may think is healthy, the other person may think is unhealthy and vice versa. Right,
2: yeah, exactly. It's really finding Finding what works for you, but you have to pay attention too. That's where that mindfulness comes into it. And then wanting to do it because of the way that it makes you feel right. Reinforcing that. So that way, you know, when you do hit your goal weight, it's not like, okay, well now I'm here. It's really making these changes and realizing like, Hey, when I do this, I feel this way. And this is the way that I want
1: to feel or the dress size or pant size.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely
1: that's that's terrific. Do you do much with teaching people how to read a nutritious fact a nutrition fact panel or label?
2: I help them to become aware of the different nutrients and what they should be looking for, focusing more so on the balance of it you know the way I like to look at it just for an easy visual is again, that, that rainbow, like, can you add color to your plate? I personally always start with the color. I always start with what vegetables are we going to have with this meal or what fruits are we going to have or whatever. And then I add on The protein, you know, whether that is a meat based protein or a plant based protein and some whole grains, so it kind of balances it out. But my personal go to just because that's the way that my body responds really well to a lot of plant based fiber. I always start with the color, but I think in terms of labels, it's really being aware of what you're looking at when you look at that and being aware of the serving size and really how much is that serving size that's giving you, you know, the protein in there and the added sugars and the fiber and and the things that are going to be important for you to be aware of.
1: Yeah. And that's where you and I may differ a little bit and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, But I usually tell people when they read the label, I ask them, you know, what do you look at? And of course, it's the calories, the serving size, the proteins, the grams of fat and sugar. And in my opinion, for what it's worth, they fail to look at the most important thing. And that's the ingredients, the very small fine print at the bottom. Because if we saw the chemicals that we were putting into our body, most of us probably wouldn't either purchase it or even eat it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I do think that's important to be aware of what I find not all of my clients, you know, we we do try to get to more whole foods, but sometimes those packaged foods are going to be what helps them to eat healthiest for the longer period of time because they're getting their kids off to, you know, practice and that sort of thing and grabbing this one thing that's going to be able to be half of a dinner and then they can add on veggies, it just makes life a little bit easier. But I do agree that being aware of that and trying to minimize that is super helpful to our bodies.
1: Yeah, and I'm like you, I'm not a food purist. I enjoy a piece of chocolate cake or pumpkin pie or pecan pie or a chocolate cookie every once in a while. The difference being it's once in a while and instead of eating the full slice, I get a sliver or, and then that satisfies my craving and I get the enjoyment of it. And like you mentioned at the beginning, you know it's okay to enjoy the birthday cake or wedding cake or whatever is being celebrated a little bit won't hurt in moderation
2: yeah yeah absolutely i don't want to take all the fun away
1: <laughs> exactly you got to enjoy life a little bit so what's the best way for people to reach out and connect with you
2: yeah so i'm most active on instagram my instagram is wellness with abby h Abby is with an E-Y, and my website is wellnesswithabbyh.com.
1: So what is the website again?
2: wellnesswithabbyh.com.
1: Awesome. And is there any advice you can give to the audience before we end the episode?
2: My biggest takeaway, and I know I've said it a a number of times through our chat today, is really just looking at what is one thing that I can do today, that's going to move me one step closer to where I want to be. Because I firmly believe that if your feet are always pointed in the direction that you want to head, whether you take that step today or not, you will get there. It just, that little step will get you one step closer. We don't need these gigantic leaps. So just focusing on those little things, you know, it, it really does pay off that that little by little really does add up to a lot. And, you know, if anybody does need help with this, or if that resonated with anybody, you know, I do offer free 60 minute consultations to really look at where are their feet headed? You know, where do they want to be headed? And what's been holding them back right now that we got to break through those barriers, because it it really is possible. And, you know, I think you're a great example of what's possible for people when you decide that this is a change that you want to make.
1: Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Most people may not realize that when I was younger, in my 20s and 30s, I was fit and healthy and active. However, as we know, life gets in a way, especially with family obligations and children and then family, I mean, with, you know, work responsibilities. And before we know it, for me, the weight crept up on me and it's five pounds this year and five pounds the next year. And after 10 years, you're up 50 pounds without even realizing it. And, and so that's why i want to help other people become aware of how they can avoid that and still maintain it at the same time has there been any books that are authors that have influenced you
2: the ones i have always on the side of my desk are atomic habits i think that's a fabulous book of like or really again thinking about the little things that you can do and then from a nutrition standpoint I really like fiber fueled. I think that's something that really points to that whole foods type of eating, but really highlights the importance of getting a variety of plants into your diet and why that's so important and supporting a, a healthy gut. I know that we can be very focused on protein in the US here and protein don't get me wrong it's very important and that's going to help to keep you fuller for longer but i think with that focus we often underestimate the plants and the power
1: of plants so oh i i'm with you 100% number one i have both of those books and i've read them so they're both excellent books the other thing is what i read and heard recently is that 95 to 97% of the US population is deficient in their daily fiber intake that just blew my my mind away that
2: yeah i think most people get like half the amount of fiber a day yeah so adding in more plants and more diversity of plants again it doesn't have to be a hard thing to do but You know, just adding that little focus into your day of like, okay, well, what can I add to this? Do I have color on my plate? And if you have one color, maybe you can add another color.
1: And what I do is a little tip for the audience is I add in black chia seeds into a smoothie or or to my oatmeal or hemp seeds. Uh, And so that is an excellent way to get more fiber into your diet without having to do much of anything.
2: I love that too. I actually think it's on my, my website. There's a triple seed oatmeal recipe, which is flax, hemp, and chia seeds and oatmeal. And it's, it's fabulous. And it gives you all of the, you know, omega threes and the antioxidants and the protein. Yeah. It's really good. I
1: throw in chopped walnuts to give it a little crunch. (laughs) The other thing is a lot of people may not realize, it, but 75% of the U.S. adult population is chronically dehydrated. So we don't drink enough water and our bodies, as you know, are 60 to 70% water, not soda or diet soda or fruit juices or fruit flavored beverages. And I believe in my opinion, it's a direct correlation to 72% of the U.S. adult population being overweight and which 42% are, are clinically obese. So. I advocate people drinking a lot of pure water. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think water before anything. You know, I am a coffee drinker. I like a cup of coffee in the morning, but I always have a glass or two of water first. Usually more, I I work out in the morning, so I usually get a full water bottle in. But I think if you can start your day with a glass or two of water, you're already setting yourself up for success. And then just carrying it, a water bottle around with you can be really helpful. Have one in your car or at your desk and remember to use it. (laughs) But it's one of those things It's similar to food, I think the more water that you have, the more water your body's going to want. And so, you know, it's just like when the more healthy foods you have, the more healthy foods your body's going to want. You just have to allow yourself to get into that habit. And I actually just sent a newsletter out to my email list about this today. Like You have to go through the hard before it gets easy. And when you do, it will get easier. Those things that once felt hard will just become a part of who you are and what you do. But you have to get through the hard in order for it to become easy. And I don't think any of us really set out thinking it's all going to be easy. Right? It's like when you become a parent, you're not like, this is going to be easy. Right? Like, you know, it's going to be hard, but you're willing to do it. And I think what is more beneficial than your health?
1: Exactly. Like you said, it's a new habit. It's like brushing your teeth and not thinking about it. You just do it. And I'm with you. I'm a coffee drinker. So I drink my coffee black. Uh, however, first thing I do in the mornings, have a 20 ounce glass of water. And then my coffee and so i agree with you and a lot of times people may think they're hungry when they're actually thirsty yeah 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 absolutely go with the water
2: and then if you're hungry have something to eat but you know like recognize i think again recognizing are you hungry are you bored or are you stressed you know and if you're hungry find something to eat that's going to be balanced that's going to fill you up but also recognize like Maybe you're just stressed. And then when you're just stressed, what do you really need? You might just need a short walk. You might need some deep breaths, like, but you have to bring that awareness and learn how to distinguish
1: those things. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge and and advice with us today. It's been a pleasure to have you as a guest, Abby. I I really appreciate it. So if you're interested, go to wellnesswithabby.com.
2: with Wellness with Abby H. Yeah, there's an H on the end. Yeah
1: check out the website. And it's been a pleasure. And thank you so much.
0: Thank you. It's been lovely to talk with you. Thanks for listening to the Stop Dieting Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe so you won't miss a single episode to get more healthy eating and lifestyle tips. Motivate and inspire others to be healthy by sharing with your friends.